And now for the smooth stylings of Billy DeTori. Huh? From Rochester, New York, the home of just about everything that's important to us at this day and age, this is FC3's Monkey Business, your one-stop shop for everything geeky. And you know what, kids? Everything could be geeky if you love it enough. Starring the aforementioned Billy DeTori, starring the not-yet-mentioned Tanya Metris, still starring the, I'm not. I'm almost afraid to mention, Daniel Carmen, and then there's me. I'm not going to be mentioning it at all. My name is Chris. I'm your host. I hope you're having a good day. And hey! Look at this. The four of us are in the same room. No way. This is amazing. Way. Am way. I here? You Am I here. really here? D- P- Billy's having an existential crisis. Yeah. Does, does anyone really know what time it is? Does anyone really care? 9.50? Yeah, by oh, 9.50. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if you say so. I do. Once in a great while, it happens. We are recording in the same room for the first time in... Over, over a year. A year. It's got to be over a year. I can't even think of the last... Day. Let's see. Um... The pandemic officially started on Friday, March thir- Friday the thirteenth. Okay, because that was the last date I bowled. We bowled on a Friday the thirteenth. There's a panache there. And uh, my last day at Record Archive was March fourteenth, Saturday. Mm-hmm. And did we? I think we tried. We didn't podcast the week before because we were at the Strong Museum. Right, right. Okay. And so I think we tried getting weeks. together one time afterwards, but then. We were like, you know, let's just be play cautious. Yeah, we're not sure where this thing is going. So, yeah. so we all went uh, into our respective hibernations and we found mm-hmm. Zencaster mm-hmm. in all of its glory. Ooh. Don't worry, I know the guy who does the laundry. Oh, is it table separating there? The table separating. Mm-hmm. Just give me a push pill. There we go. Yay. So right now we're in my dining room in the hallowed halls of the west side of the city. And uh, we're all around the table, and Dan's got his portable podcasting studio set up, and this is very cool. And the red dot is still on, so that's so, great. Must mean we're still recording. We are still recording. So we're going to be time. watching that very carefully. <laughs> we're all going to be watching that tiny little button <laughs> or a tiny little light there. Uh, this is cool, though. It's good to see everybody. Yes. Same. Tanya, you're well. You're doing all right. You got a little sunburn yesterday. I did. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not hurting you too much right now. Nope. Okay. Billy, how you doing? I'm doing good. And as I look around the room, I notice one person doesn't fit the... Uh, yeah, I'm not wearing a Star Wars shirt today. Yeah, the other three of us Slacker. are wearing Star Wars t-shirts. It's okay. That's all right. That's because, you know, I, I'm... I'm... No, I have nothing. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see. We're recording something today yeah. regards to Star Wars, yes. and then we're playing Star Wars later today. Mm-hmm. So that's why I got my... Can, I'm can all ears. I'm just going to... Um, Go through the timeline of my morning real quick. Okay. I woke up at six and uh. I had gone to bed at two. Ooh. I realized the the, the the horrible miscalculation there and I managed to find a way to find myself back to sleep uh, until eight thirty. When I then scrambled to Wegmans to get the, the sumptuous buffet that is in the kitchen at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then grab a shower because unlike you, I don't smell so good in the morning. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So I was kind of in a race, to, and I just grabbed the first shirt on the pile. I didn't go rooting around for a Star Wars shirt. So um, considering everything that's up in the office just above me, including the TIE Fighter Lego set, I, I think I can I can survive that one. You can? I can weather that storm. So, But we're also going to take selfies today. We're going to get a picture of the four of us together for the first time in ages so that mm-hmm. we can um, post that along with the... Uh, with the, the proof the, that we exist. Proof that we exist. Proof of life, as it were. So that's a good thing. That's a good thing. And how about you, Daniel? Son, how are you holding up there? I'm doing good. I got to, I was running yesterday, and apparently I got a few blisters. So it's always fun. Okay. Oh. I never get blisters. That so was a nice surprise to get like three of them yesterday. So you're being sarcastic at the moment. 
No, I mean, I'm sure. I'm serious. I never get blisters. Oh, okay. So this is. It was. I, I am being sarcastic that it was a nice surprise. Uh huh. <laughs> it's just more proof that exercise is bad for you. There you go. I'm telling you, it's amazing. Um. So and that's good. All yeah. right. So. Exciting. So today was as Tanya has intimated already. We were. You know, here's the thing. Today we're going to start a little bit of a format change, in so far as that. We, we've had some recent talks, and we wanted to make the podcast a little bit different, but not dramatically so. So you are hearing, here in episode 195 of FC3's Monkey Business, over what, five years of, of recording this thing, uh, we are going to start kind of focusing more on a particular style. We, we used to kind of just gallivant around and talk about whatever seems to be interesting at the moment, and you never really knew what you were going to get. Uh, and that's all well and good. It made for some fun conversations. It also made for some challenging ones when we were like, we're, we're, we're reaching here. But, you know, so we're going to try and focus our attention a little bit. So instead of occasionally doing Billy's original idea of, of not a book club, where mm-hmm. we, we pick a subject and we discuss it and whatnot in a, in a fairly not a book club, or it's not a book, we're talking about fashion, uh, we are going to be starting to focus. We're going to be focusing on on movies and TV series, streaming services, things like that. We're going to focus on that. So we're going to be doing... So it's kind of a challenge. Kind of a challenge. For us to focus. Yeah, well, there's that. <laughs> Squirrel. So, so this is... Yeah, <laughs> Hi there. So, so, so it's a two-part thing. You, it's you gonna, get, you're you know, kind of trying to focus, but then you can see if we actually do focus right. during the episode. And we're going to dig up some trivia about various subjects, and we're going to talk about some of the nuts and bolts, and we're going to do some theory crafting along the way, mm-hmm. and... You know, a little bit of this, that, and the other thing. And we're going to cheat a little bit because the first movie we're doing in this particular new format is something we've talked about in the past. Yes. It's something that everybody talks about at one point or another. Pornography? Yes, that's true. (laughs) Oh. Yes. We are doing the naked episode today. After the the break, (laughs) we're doing the naked episode. I should have showered then. So, no, we're going to be diving into Star Wars Episode Four: A New Hope, the original Star Wars movie that started the whole thing off. I've never heard of that before. I know. It's amazing. You you saw it for the first time, didn't you? Not you know, with the way George Lucas muddles around with it, it's a, it is very it likely probably, you could say you've seen it for the first time. It changes like, all the time. There's always a new version. It's weird. No, it's Every, funny. I've got coworkers that have never seen it. We have friends and, and, I'm like, and coworkers. Are you kidding me? You know, it's yeah. it's amazing to me when I still when I still come across people who A have not seen it or B saw it and they're like, I don't like that. I'm like, Wow, really? I don't like Star Wars. Is that a sentence people actually say? That's I point to them and tell them to get out of my class. Get out. Get out. That's get why out. I haven't seen the Tulion over a year. I know. Oh, that God. and other reasons, but. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't know if you're missing much there. They've mentioned that lately, like on May 4th, they were mentioning uh, Man, yeah. May, May the 4th, I, Star the, Wars Day. He was very funny. We used to have some great battles on the radio about his lack of a geeky gene. Although sports is very geeky, but he would never admit it. My friend, it's just geeky in a different way. He, yep. doesn't, he doesn't want to admit that at all. But in our format change, also rather than attack the whole Star Wars, au revoir, like mm-hmm. try and talk about everything from you know the original to what was the last one? The, 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 the death of Skywalker, right, the rise of Skywalker. Or, yeah, okay. If, rather than try and do eleven movies, yes, we're actually going to talk about one movie, one movie only. Mm-hmm. One and move. not try and One figure out the only. whole legacy. One movie only, Mr. Vasily. <laughs> we try try and not figure out eleven times two. What what would that be like? 
20, it's like, like 25 hours worth of yeah. movies and then uh, then some then Mandalorian and Clone mm-hmm. Wars and, and the animated series try and tackle all that and yeah. then in under an hour <laughs> we're actually going to talk about one movie right mm. and this is the th- what we're going to handle so so mm-hmm. and then we're going to try and keep it in themes for a couple of episodes mm-hmm. so if there's a trilogy of movies then each week we're going to hit one of the movies in mm-hmm. that trilogy and then we're going to bounce over here and we're going to do this movie over here and we're going to do this movie over yeah. here we'll talk about the TV show over here um, and and so and and we're also going to be looking and doing some thinking, and we're going to try and bring you stuff that you would not have maybe talked about. You know, I, I know I mentioned during one of our planning meetings, His Dark Materials, mm-hmm. the streaming service, the mm-hmm. Golden Compass movie, stuff like that. Things that aren't normally prevalent in our consciousness, but were are they good? Are they bad? Are they you know indifferent? Mm-hmm. We'll figure these things out along the way. So, <clears throat> so you can kind of sort of understand where we're going with things. And and you know we're at episode one ninety five. One ninety five. Five mm-hmm. five more episodes, and we're at the magic two hundred, and we're we have absolutely nothing special planned at the moment, but we're working on that. We got five episodes to, to choose something. Yes, we do show. have that. We have a special episode. That, so the two hundred will probably be a retrospective yeah. of everything we've been through over the past many years. Then in a hundred and five episodes from now, we'll talk about the movie three hundred. There it is. <laughs> Mark it down. Right. There it is. It already. So in episode three hundred, we're going to be talking about the movie three hundred. This is Sparta. Anyway, come on, you're gonna love it. Bunch of guys oiled up, fighting each other. <laughs> okay, she started. Yeah, yeah, see, you perked right up on that one. Yeah, yeah. see, it's nice being in the same room. You can see that now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> see, you know, you know, we we did have a, a decent time when we were on Zencaster because we would have the video feed running so we could see each other's faces for the most part. Um, Actually, we didn't. We just you. And oh no, it was usually. Yeah, that's we, right. It was we, we you did, and me we would do, do that. But there were times where I, I yeah. could see, like even mm-hmm. for doing meetings or things like that. But yeah. this, is, this is good to be in the room with you. Although I, I'm, there's a different energy. This is there's a different energy when we're all in the room together. Also, I have to say, I'm a little closer to Tanya than usual, so I got to watch what I say because I am going to get <laughs> smacked. So yeah, there it is. Yeah, I'm going to get smacked somewhere along the line. <laughs> yeah, usually you're through a computer where I couldn't get to you. Yes, and that was I worked in my favor on several occasions. But when we're in the studio, I really could get to you. <laughs> <laughs> Or in Dan's house. <clears throat> Ooh, that light. Nope, no major luck. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't do that to All right, him. so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, it is that time, it is that place, and it is, we're going to be chatting about it right here. Episode 4, A New Hope. It is a period of civil war. Rebel spaceships striking from a hidden base have won their first victory against the evil Galactic Empire. During the battle, rebel spies managed to steal secret plans to the Empire's ultimate weapon, the Death Star, an armored space station with enough power to destroy an entire planet. Pursued by the Empire's sinister agents, Princess Leia races a home aboard her starship, custodian of the stolen plans that can save her people and restore freedom to the galaxy. That's much shorter than what they wanted originally. Yeah, we can talk about that in a moment. Okay. Star Wars is an American epic space opera media franchise created by George Lucas, which began with the eponymous 1977 film. May I stop you? The word is eponymous. Eponymous. 
Hippopotamus. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... The eponymous Hippopotamus was named so Hippopotamus. So the franchise created by George Lucas, which began with the Hippopotamus <laughs> film 19, in 1977. A quick, I, I'm going to learn that word eventually, somewhere along the line. Today is not that day. Mm-hmm. And it quickly became a worldwide <laughs> pop culture phenomenon. The, fran- the franchise has been expanded into various films and other media, including television series, video games, novels, comic books, theme park attractions, and themed areas, compromising an all-encompassing fictional universe. In 2020, its total value was estimated at $70 billion, and it is currently the fifth highest grossing media franchise of all time. Wow. $70 billion. I went like this. You did. <laughs> You're in good shape over there. <clears throat> no one else can see it, though. So let's talk about the movie that started it all. Um... Now, Tanya, you did not see it in the theaters because you were two years old when it came out, I think. Or no, five. I was five. Five. Five years old. Did you, did you see it in the theaters? I would think so, considering it wasn't on they re- DVD or anything. Well, HBO this- started playing the hell out of it early on in the 80s, too. Well, yeah. I mean, for by the age of eight, I must have seen it in the theater because I was Princess Leia for Halloween. Okay. And third grade. You know, so, the, the headset you're wearing is kind of giving that I know cinnamon the, buns thing this, going. Because <laughs> my hair's pulled back into yeah. a, a so messy we're, bun today. Yeah, we're going to have a picture. Oh, picture time. No. Picture time. Let's <laughs> smile. See, there you go. Oh, she's so cute. Okay. You're such a jerk. Yes, I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Appreciate it. He'll be here all day. I will. Well, most likely. <laughs> right now, anyone listening is going, can they all go back to their houses? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's so much better when they were separated. Who's touching my head? Oh, it's the cat. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, who's... Sorry, Chris. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> I know it's been a while since we've seen each other, but you know, what's this button do? Oh, that's oh, the music. There's, there's there the music for Dan touching your leg. Okay. Dan must be reaching across the table because it just went behind my feet. <laughs> my daughter's cat is milling around in the dining room at the moment. All right. So where were we? So let's talk about the movie then. Okay. Now, you saw it in the theater. Mm-hmm. I I also saw it in the theater, but it took me a while mm-hmm. in that I remember my sister actually saw it before me. She okay. went to a birthday party and she saw it, I think, in the winter of 77, what has still been in the theater at Most that likely. point. I mean, that's, that's the thing is it had a huge run because it was so... It- Unpredictably popular, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, there was a, actually, I think, some studio. If I remember the trivia correctly, some theaters it went out of a usual run, like a twelve week run or something like that. But there was such a demand for it, they call, they called it back in and started doing a second mm-hmm. run of it because you know, in the seventies, you didn't have HBO, you didn't have Netflix and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. people wanted to see this movie, and the movie theaters like, okay, we'll make arrangements to so you can see it again. And I think I, I sort of put up sort of that yeah. I. It's too popular. I don't want to see it because uh-huh. so many people have seen it. But I was well aware, like all my friends had the toys and stuff, and I was aware of Darth Vader. Right. And you no, know, I could picture Darth and mm-hmm. didn't necessarily know the other characters till I think I saw it maybe, you know, in the spring of 78 or late winter 78. Mm-hmm. And. Obviously, I loved it. Right. I was stupid for waiting for so long. But it, it didn't stop me from boycotting E.T. for a while, though. <laughs> yeah, I was okay with that. I, I got dragged to E.T., to, yeah. but uh, that's a story entirely. Yeah. Um, I remember the first time I saw it, 
And and I'm a little vague on this, so hopefully my dad will be able to fill in because I mean, I know I've mentioned this story on several occasions over the years. We were on family vacation, and and every like late spring, summer, right after school, would be let out because my mom was a school teacher. The three of us would invariably end up in, in Lake Placid for a couple of days just to kind of get away, walk around, see the sights, just relax for a little bit. And there was a movie theater in town, and it had Star Wars. And so my dad took me to see Star Wars to give my mom a night off from being a mom. And I was like six and a half, seven years old. My birthday's in mm-hmm. September. So I remember being in the theater, and I remember seeing it for the first time and just mind blown. Right, mm-hmm. you know, which is easy for a six-year-old. Yeah, you know, it's harder for fifty. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, so it's astounding that these movies that are able to do it, they're able to make me nowadays, after all of the the fantasy and sci-fi that we've seen over the past, you know, four and a half, five decades, you know, there's still movies that can do that. Um, and I'm looking at you, Endgame. Anyway, um, but here, <laughs> six years old, six and a half, whatever, and I'm in the theater, and and I don't think the story truly made perfect sense to me at the time, but it was the visuals. Absolutely, because you know? it wasn't until maybe I rewatched it a few years ago where everything clicked, uh-huh. you know, where yeah. it made complete sense. Until then, I think I sort of thought stormtroopers were robots. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm, I'm wondering if I was thinking that too at the time, you know, and because they were so completely the same. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were all identical, but that fit into. I mean, we can sit to philosophical discussion as we get into the conversation here. Um, there's there's whole that uniformity yeah. you know was part of the you know the the oh god what's the idiom of the the empire mm-hmm. right it's more of that that sign that you know the signature of them right. you know that whole iconography that's the word i was looking for iconography yeah um you know but the visuals and the lasers and the ships and and the the, the sound effects and even at 6 the music was making me you know sit up and take notice because i feel and i'll we can talk about this a little bit further down the road in this conversation you know, I, I wonder if Star Wars would have been po- as popular without John Williams. I, I don't think I, so. The, the music just... It, oh, yeah. I it mean, clinches it. Yeah, yeah. it clinches it. It's the, it's the, it ties the whole package together. I mean, the music... As I, like I said, I rewatched <clears throat> it yesterday <clears throat> just to sort of refresh myself. And the music holds up almost better than the movie overall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. it... I mean, really, the first half hour or so... Mm-hmm. Almost reminds me of a Doctor Who episode. That's fair. And oh. that, you know, once you get taken away into the story, it all it, it looks perfect. Right. But at the very start, mm-hmm. what looked amazing in 1977 looks a little cheesy now. Mm-hmm. And, and this, it, you know, you make it the, the Doctor mm-hmm. Who reference, and I will always refer to the Tom Baker episode, The City of Death, where there is literally like. 20 minutes of him just walking through the streets of Paris mm-hmm. with the with the stupid jaunty, you know, you know, synthesizer music in the background. So, you look at Star Wars and there's a lot of in that early that early when the droids make it to Tatooine, there's a lot of really unnecessary them walking through sand. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and and with the but the music helps kind of tie the whole emotion of it together. You're in I was into those scenes now then because I'm just looking at the visuals. Now I'm into it because I'm still listening to the music. Mm-hmm. You know, any reason to listen to John Williams music as far as I'm concerned. And that the first the very first scene of the movie past the, the scroll mm-hmm. always surprises me that it happens in my head. I always picture Luke and his uncle at the uh, robot market. OK, where they find R2D2 and C3PO. I always forget about the part where the the Empire captures Leia. OK. 
I don't know why. And that, and that, but it always surprises me when that happens. That With opening effect C-3PO is so. C three PO and and R two D two sort of going through the spaceship. Right. And that and that opening sequence mm-hmm. where you know the, the the star destroyer fades into view mm-hmm. and just slides right into the picture. You know that's it's it's iconic. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I've noticed how. Each of the Star Wars movies after that have tried to emulate that in some way, shape, or form. The first, the first uh, image that you see of the movie is is some sort of ship sliding into view. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I think one of them misses that. I don't remember which one. Or though. pan down to or a pan planet. down to a planet. Right. Yeah, yeah, like in um, Revenge of the Sith, yeah, because the Battle of Coruscant is the first sequence of Revenge of the Sith. So, they, the here's the opening, and boom, it pans down to Coruscant, and then you see all the ships kind of. Going in, in it starts in space, though. It starts in, in space. They all start in space. Mm-hmm. So they land some sort of continuity <clears throat> there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's good. So we have our opening crawl, which I read top end of the of the the spot there, and then we have our dramatic music, and you know, Star Wars comes blazing in across mm-hmm. in its in its a typeset there that's like iconic in its own way. Um, or no, wait, wait, no, no, excuse me, I have it backwards. I'm sorry. Jesus, I just watched this the other day. A long day. time ago in a galaxy yeah, far, 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 far away. Then, bah, and there's the opening crawl, ding, the, the, the music. As soon as you hear that music, yes. you're like, ooh, oh, it's man. starting. It's a chill. You know, and at, at first it was just cool, like because it's so, that first note is so loud, it's so full, it's so demonstrative of like every instrument in the in the orchestra is involved in it. And bam, you're just, you're thrown back into your seat right off the bat from the word go. And... And then it takes it into this this anthem, this soaring anthem. Mm-hmm. And then there's the crawl, and 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 then it kind of gently eases out. And then there's the ship, all very ominous and stuff. Yeah, really cool. I mean, the, the music, the music drives it. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know where it would have been without the music. Right, Billy, you're you're a big music aficionado. Yes, you are our go to guy when it comes to music. You succeed. <laughs> um, I've heard your 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 show. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I love your taste in music. Thank you. um, so. Is is that one of the first things you noticed even as a kid? Yeah, I'm I'm sure it is because mm-hmm. like I said in my head other than that my brain goes to Luke and and Owen by So that robots. whole first sequence just kind of gets eliminated and set aside. But I remember the crawl. Mm-hmm. Everyone the crawl is iconic. Mm-hmm. And like you said the mm-hmm. opening of John Williams score. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know where my brain went. <laughs> next thing I know, Luke is Luke is buying droids. Yeah, yeah. Luke Luke droids. And his uncle owner buying droids. And I'm going to Tyson say to get some parking readers. And the whining began right yes. off the bat. I mean, the kid's first see- scene, he's whining. It's amazing. So, but uh, all right, so okay, so it's it, it's interesting because we're we're talking about the ships, we're talking about the opening sequence, and the whole you know Leia giving the plans to. To R two right off the bat, that sets the whole story into motion, you know, and and he's already checked out and waiting for the droid market, you know, in scene like five or scene six. I, I think in the end, like I said, I've seen the movie a few times since, maybe mm-hmm. more than a few mm-hmm. since that original ver- uh, time, and C three PO annoys the hell out of me. Yes, yes. I, I don't know if if. Like, I check out because it's so C-3PO heavy until Luke shows up. What are you doing out to? Get over here. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, Shut the up. arguing. And, you know, I thought that was interesting, too, because, you know, the more I think about it, the more... I mean, let's talk about that dynamic, because you're so used to the robots being, you know, mechanical, obviously, mm-hmm. and having the mechanical voice and very emotion. I mean, come on, Doctor Who, Daleks. 
you know, you're used to that. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, all the voices are like this at all times. Um, so to have, to have C-3PO and R2 having a very um, Abbott and Costello kind of relationship, yeah. very Laurel and Hardy, Hardy, you know, I mean, there's definitely a straight man and a color man, uh-huh. you know, in the, in, but the whole thing is, it's, it's, you know, R2 is the color man. You have no idea what he's saying. You can get the gist of the it. The inflections you of can the get, beeps. You can get emotion out of the inflections of what this mm-hmm. droid is beeping out. And it's mm-hmm. like, this is different. This is yeah. so weird. Nobody ever done it before and really hasn't done it that well since. Plus how C-3PO responds to R2 also. Yes. So yeah, I mean, so yeah. It's, they're it's, having a conversation. Mm-hmm. I and mean, it's yeah. very similar to Han and Chewie. Well, you don't know what Chewie is saying, but yeah. you can tell by the inflection, mm-hmm. by Han's reaction. <laughs> Laugh it up, fuzzball. <laughs> Which we'll talk about next week. I think the reason Star Wars succeeded is that there were no expectations to start off with. Which is now the complete antithesis of the modern era of Star Wars, where everybody has expectations. Well, but when Star Wars came out... It had, nobody had any expectations. It was just a, it was a spring summer movie. It wasn't a blockbuster. It wasn't a tent pole. It wasn't one of those things that they hinged on. And the premise is simple in the overall good versus evil, you know, light versus dark. And it kept things very black and white, you know. And it all happened because George Lucas wanted to make a Flash Gordon movie. But right. Couldn't get the rights. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean, he's mm-hmm. always talked about in every interview. He's always talked about how he was into serials when he was a kid. You know, the Buck Rogers serials, as you mentioned. You know, the Tarzan and and all of the adventure serials that you would see in the black and white movies. And on every Saturday, you'd go to the movie theater. You know, pay your twenty five cents and and you know sit there for a couple of hours and get the news, get the mm-hmm. cartoons, get the feature, you know, stuff, and then move on. Um, you know, it was it was episodic television. Mm-hmm. You know, on a, on a slightly grander scale. And he wanted to emulate that. And you even see that in the Indiana Jones series. Oh, yeah. Which we'll be tackling later this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm currently calling it news. Well, almost call it. We're, yeah. we're in season 7A. What happens to season 5, 6? It doesn't matter. We're in season 7A right now. A? A? A. All right, A. Um, you know, and, and, and so he emulated that in such a simple and, and almost elegant in its clunky way. You know, and, and I think that's where the appeal stands from. Now, as, as Harrison Ford has pointed out, uh, you know, he said he took the script up to George and said, you might be able to write this, but we can't say this shit. Mm-hmm. You know, his, his dialogue writing right. is, is challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always going to be a little wooden and a little, little clunky. Uh, that has been, you know, something that George has always suffered from mm-hmm. is, is, is his dialogue writing. But the vision and the flow and how everything interacts with each other. You, you can't question it. And no. one of the things, as I watched it, again, it's mm-hmm. it's a kid's movie. It really is. I, I think nowadays it suffers, not not, the, not Star Wars itself, but the expectations of any sequel, any mm-hmm. uh, TV show from people who remember the first one fondly. Mm-hmm. But if, if you go back, it's not that much different in terms of acting, in terms of... Uh, script than like a Return to Witch Mountain, right? Mm-hmm. A Disney movie. Well, right. it's funny you bring it up. It says during production, George Lucas referred to this movie as a quote unquote Disney movie, trying to capture the whimsy of classic 1950s Disney family movies. One of Lucas's favorites being Swiss Family Robinson. Coincidentally, more than 30 years after release of this movie, the Walt Disney Company would acquire Lucasfilm, Lucas's production company, 
including all the rights to the Star Wars stories and characters for $4 billion. Thus, the movie actually became a Disney movie in 2015. <laughs> and Leia, the first Disney princess. Yes. There it is. No, actually, no, that's ridiculous, because Snow White was back in the... Right, yeah, but, but so, still. Yeah. But now Leia is, is a Disney, a Disney princess. princess. Yeah. God bless her. I miss that woman. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I... And this was later in the movie, and this is what made me think of it as a kid's movie. There's a shot after the Death Star is blown up where Han... Leia, Luke, and Chewie all like hug each other and smile big at the camera. Yeah, yeah. And that reminds yeah. me of the Wizard of Oz, right? Okay. You know how they go off arm in arm. Yeah. It's almost like we're off to, to see, see the, the wizard, wizard, the wonderful Wizard of I Oz. I literally yeah. thought Han found a found a heart. Fair. <laughs> Luke found his home. Fair. Okay. And uh, you have no. to stretch. And for Leia, the other fa- ones Leia found a blaster and yeah. shot everybody. You know. It's, <laughs> That's good though. I mean, yeah. you know, we had the, well, Chewie would not be a cowardly lion. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, Luke or Han found his heart. He he just yeah. he had second thoughts. He yeah. came back. He showed his true colors. Mm-hmm. After all, you know, went on to be the ultimate scoundrel. I but mean, you can see the influences George Lucas mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. took from whether it's Flash Gordon or mm-hmm. you know, Wizard of Oz or mm-hmm. the Disney movies that right, right. we've mentioned. This is so weird to be able to look directly at you because when we were, we were originally in the studio, there was always a computer screen between us. So I'd always be like, yeah. you know, tilting my head left to right and center to see, hey, where's Billy? There he is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but he's right there. I get to see him. This is so cool. And now we're on the the oval table here. We're on the oval table. The, the podcasters of the oval table. That's it. <laughs> now we're like the super friends in the Hall of Justice. I like that. That's great. That's going to be an episode we're going to do now, super friends. Super friends. So, um, so okay. So crawl, music, uh, Space battle, desert planet, kind of clunky, kind of like why, but the music held held it together. And then you know, so now we're at the droid market, and and Luke and his uncle Owen they get three PO and R five, you know, and then R five blows his, his lid, and then R two pops in and he's able to be reunited with C three PO and C three PO continues the banter of I don't know why I stick my neck out for it. It's just, seriously, it's like Laurel and Hardy the entire time those two. There's, they're always bickering with each other. They're an old, they're an old married gay couple, really. Have basically, seen, yeah. have you ever seen any other, any other droids that are bicker like that? I mean, no. I mean, well, what? since then you have they give androids and and and, um, and robots more personality since then, but yeah. not before. But, then. but even in this, in Star Wars, are there any Star Wars droids that are like? I mean, the other well, they really come droids, up with they no. come up with companion characters since no. then. I mean, BB-8 was your R two for the, mm-hmm. the sequel trilogy, mm-hmm. right? Right, and and you he definitely he had a very different personality he was mm-hmm. very upbeat he was very kind of like a raucous little kid rolling Hilarious. along it almost i'll tell you this and when we get into the the sequel trilogy somewhere down the road i will tell you my theory about how bb8 and poe dameron are indiana jones and short round and which one's which depends on what scene they're in okay so that's my theory <laughs> to right? be continued okay. to be continued down the road <clears throat> but you know i think that it's just it was so cool that in essence there really weren't many throwaway characters I mean, you had your 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 supporting background guys, you know, that helped move the action along. You had your Imperials that were dime a dozen. Mm-hmm. You had your Imperial officers that were just you know rebel scum. You know, they're mm-hmm. you know throw the lines out. But in terms of the main grouping of characters, Tarkin, Vader, you know, the the, the station commander who who was always on uh, Tarkin's wing, you know, and the the guy who did not get choked during that first meeting, mm-hmm. but the one who was like was watching it, going, "Oh, this is making me uncomfortable," um, <laughs> you know, and and then you know. Chewie, Han, Leia, Luke, R2, C3PO, 
you know, Can I, I, I just want to make an interesting observation. Uh-huh. And that yesterday, while I was watching it, mm-hmm. it hit me how good Ben Kenobi is. Alec Guinness is Ben mm-hmm. Kenobi. Yeah, is fantastic. And I always forget about him. Uh-huh. And while you were listing characters, you didn't mention him either. Well, I was about to. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he was, but, I, you I know, but the thing is, I realized quick. I was yeah. saving him for. You know, I was okay. saving him for last. But I, you know, as you mentioned it, I, I he was very subtle. Mm-hmm. That was the, the I think the beauty of it is that he was there to guide things along, not be in the spotlight, you know. And he's he's the kindly old wizard who's going to teach the apprentice and move him along. But do you feel like he was his destiny was kind of clear from the first moment you saw him? Did, did, did it feel like you know you wasn't going to make I, it to the end of the movie? I no, no. I didn't. No, Mm-mm. no, didn't get that vibe. No, I, I maybe didn't. I'm I, I I can't go back and reset my thinking to when I was seven. Right. You know, so I can't, I mean, I look back at the story and I'm like, it's almost a mandatory thing. It's like trope-like at this point because mm-hmm. everybody has emulated that that relationship so much in so many different stories now that the the master comes out of the woodwork to help teach the student, you know, and then the master, like Aragon, for instance, mm-hmm. the master's gone by the end of the, the first story, you know, or the, the uh, 80s, 90s movie Crossroads. Where the old the old uh, blues man is teaching Ralph yeah. Macho's got kid how to play the guitar, mm-hmm. you know, and it, there's it be, has become a trope, so it's ingrained in my head. I, I think as a little kid, I never expect any of the good guys to die. Okay, no, and that's valid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that, that's not supposed to happen, mm-hmm. right? The good guys win, bad guys lose. And by the way, the the lightsaber fight between Darth and. Obi-Wan just doesn't hold up. No. Yeah. It's terrible. No. It was awesome for the time. Yeah. Because you're so used to um nowadays CGI stage fighting. would have them oh, yeah. doing flips and stuff. Well, have you seen the 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 re, the, the reimagined uh fight scene that somebody put together? There's a fan film basically. It's on YouTube. Um it's a reimagining of of scene something or other. I can't remember what the exact fight scene is labeled as. But it is a, a fans reimagining um of the fight scene between Obi Wan and Darth Vader at the end of the star at the end of the Darth, the Death Star series sequence there, and they are all over those oh, hallways. They are throwing is, each other around. It is brutal and it is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's more along the lines of what we're used to today yeah. in terms of lightsaber fights. But you also have to remember that the original imagining of it it was it's an old man versus a cripple, mm-hmm. you know, and so they're doing their best with what little they have left in mm-hmm. the tank is essentially it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I saw that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, it was video. cool. It was, that was an awesome video. It would, yeah, if it had happened today, that's how it would have been. Mm-hmm. Right. But yeah, back in 77. These people even CGI'd um, Alec Guinness's face onto whoever was doing the the moves for the Obi-Wan character. And and it was just it was brutal. More like a Yoda fight in the... In the it really the, was. Yeah. It was more like the Yoda-Dooku fight. Yeah. You know, or, or Yoda-Palpatine. Mm-hmm. There, was a lot of, there was a lot of pushing and throwing and... and mm. Using yep. the force more versus just lightsabers. Yeah, at one point, Kenobi through a series of events actually sets Vader on fire. See now, I'm looking forward now to next week because I'll watch Empire Strikes Back before next week. Yeah, and see how the Luke Darth Vader battle holds up. Mm-hmm. It, it evolves, but it's still you. You see, and we'll talk more about it next yeah. week. I think you see more of. What's going to come in cinema? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, with the Empire Strikes Back, the the Luke and Vader fight, you're going to start seeing the groundwork of of stage combat in the future, and not so much the stage combat of the past as you see with the Kenobi Vader fight at the end of of Star Wars the original. So, but I I don't know if it's going to hold up. 
And in the overall, I don't think it's going to hold up, but. It's hard to compare any old movie to today. Yeah, it, it really it is. is. Because so much has changed, so much has evolved. Mm-hmm. And you really have to put your mindset in, okay, this happened almost 50 years ago, you know, 45 years ago. Mm-hmm. And this is this was great at the time. So, I mean, you can't compare it to today's right. movies. And, and these are the people who set the tone. Mm-hmm. The, the reason that sci-fi and fantasy cinema has evolved so dramatically over the past 50 years is because of this movie that we're talking about right. today. It really, I mean, you, 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 can, you can point to Star Trek, the motionless picture that came out a couple years later. You can point to uh, you know, even classics of sci-fi, like 2001 A Space Odyssey from the 60s, that made everybody who was you know, tripping and having a grand old time in the, in the flower power era was just staring at the visuals of 2001 A Space Odyssey. And I would love to do a proper, not a book club of that movie, of 2001 A Space Odyssey. I've but never I don't seen know, it. Never I don't know if I could manage to sit through it a second time. I finally got a whole. I got all the way through it about 10, 15 years ago, from start to finish. I watched the whole thing, and I was like, "Okay, that was an experience." And I won't it was a it. different type of cinema it back then. Yeah, it was, it was. It's more art than fantasy sci-fi. It was. I mean, it was, and that's great. I mean, I'm not mm-hmm. gonna. I'm not gonna demean it, but but you know, you with Star Wars: A New Hope, you you see a a, a seismic shift in how. Fantasy special effects tele- television and movies are handled at that point. It, it's seismic. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like it was no longer it, overnight. It went from oh, it's that little B movie thing that you're going to go and throw a couple bucks away at the movie theater for. To now, this is the thing we're going to look forward to for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, before that, like you said, in a couple years we would have Star Trek: The Motion Picture, mm-hmm. which not good. No. But um, but Star Wars. Lent credibility to start to science fiction blockbusters. Before that, there was 2001 A Space Odyssey, which, like I said, mm-hmm. I've never seen. Mm-hmm. But other than that, Planet of the Apes was a hit. Mm-hmm. And other than that, you had B movies that I would watch mm-hmm. on Channel 8 on Saturday afternoons, whether it was Japanese Godzilla movies or various yep. flying saucer movies that didn't have good acting or you know mm-hmm. good scripts. They were mm-hmm. just aliens and ray guns mm-hmm. and when i was a kid now that i think about it channel 21 or local pbs would show the old flash gordon serials mm-hmm. during pledge mm-hmm. season Whatever, yeah, pledge to draw kids and families yeah. and there was nothing else on so i did grow up watching the old flash gordon movies of the 40s 30s and 40s you know other than seeing snippets of them and hearing people talk about them i've never watched any of them I'm sure they don't hold up at oh, all. Oh, sure, but, but I, I, think I think they'd be worth a look fondly. just to see. Yeah, I think it, yeah, for the nostalgia factor alone, I think I would want to watch a couple yeah. of them just to mm-hmm. yeah, to satisfy some curiosity. Mm-hmm. Um, here's the, here's the big reaching question, and then we can jump back to talking about the movie a little bit more. Without Star Wars, A New Hope, 1977, do we get the Avengers? Do we get Fast and the Furious? Even do we get any of that stuff? Uh, maybe a. From a different path, you got to think at some point mm-hmm. something an becomes idea. the big enough hit to be what Star Wars did become. Okay, somewhere along the way, whether it was Jaws didn't quite work. I think Jaws was before Star Wars, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but I, there, and the, there was a big fight to get the movie made. It wasn't mm-hmm. an easy process for right. him to get it made. Even when the you know I watched the 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 things one of the things that made us ever the the Star Wars toys. Mm-hmm. And to get the you know, merchandising, that was a struggle too. To get yeah. because this was 
out of everybody's realm. Nobody knew what to do with it. Right. So I, I don't know. It might have taken a lot longer. Who knows what we would have been today? We wouldn't have had Star Trek. Battlestar Galactica wouldn't have been around. Battlestar Galactica wouldn't have happened. That was pretty much a direct result of that. I mean, Star Trek, the next generation, would probably have arrived somewhere along the line because Roddenberry was always wanting to do more. You know, this is something they talk about in several um, uh, interviews and whatnot, where he was was keen to try and bring something back. And it was Star Wars that gave him the the, the pedestal to work on, on Paramount to get the motion picture written. I mean, he was working on Phase Two, mm-hmm. you know, which would have been a television series mm-hmm. in the seventies, and they kept throwing him off, throwing him off, throwing him off because nobody saw any interest or value in it, right? So, without Star Wars, I don't even think Star Trek would have happened. Probably not. I'm, I'm wondering. My next thought would have been Superman, which came out in seventy-eight. Yeah. Okay, which established character, um, but still, it Star Wars came from. It, it was wholly new. There, there wasn't. Right. It wasn't based on an already existing property. We couldn't say Hollywood had run out of ideas at that time, right. as we do now. Mm-hmm. You know, Star Wars was it was fresh. It was different. There was, like I said at the beginning of our conversation today, there was an elegant simplicity to it. Even though the dialogue was clunky, mm-hmm. there was an elegant simplicity to the plot line to the idea. There was a lot more, lot, lot, lot more going on in the movie. So there was, yeah. a, I mean, there's so much to catch your attention. And it appeals to the common person because it's the little guy versus the the big evil, mm-hmm. right? It's the David and Goliath. It's the 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 scrappy young hero versus the, the you know the mm-hmm. the ancient evil kind of thing. And and so that appeals to a lot of modern people. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter about what country you're from or what or what you know nationality you are. There's a certain way you can identify with that at every level. Right, mm-hmm. so it's, I don't know. This and again, how that movie, Star Wars, the original, and I will call it Star Wars, not A New Hope, right. because we all saw it as Star Wars. Mm-hmm. That movie goes fast. Mm-hmm. You figure it, I, I realized yesterday that they don't get on the Millennium Falcon. Luke and Han and Obi Wan and Chewie don't meet each other until almost an hour into the movie. Yeah. Which yeah. to me is crazy when I realize that. Yeah. Because that first hour, even though it takes about 10 minutes before, 10, 15 minutes before, but you get swept up. Mm-hmm. You know, nowadays, like I said earlier, the effects don't necessarily hold up, but you forget about that because it's still a good movie, mm-hmm. a great movie. Mm-hmm. And it just becomes what it is. And I forget, okay, that's the the... Fighting with the lasers, it, it doesn't matter. How come bad guys are always such bad shots? <laughs> Only stormtroopers are so precise. Yeah. Really, that's the biggest lie in the yeah. galaxy. Yeah, I know. Like the biggest the, lie in the, the, the galaxy. The first line we hear from about stormtroopers. And right. <laughs> they're so methodical. Yeah. They're so dangerous. Yeah. They're so, what the hell? You know, the ultimate, the ultimate gunfight. Mm-hmm. Stormtroopers versus red shirts. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs> the stormtroopers miss every shot, but the, the red, red shirts, shirts still, still die. die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What you doing over there? I'm just you're surfing. Surfing, yeah. I'm looking at um trivia. Yeah, kind of that, but also like um seventeen. I saw that seventeen awesome movies. How Star Wars influenced other movies? Okay. That's what I was looking at. And, Good deal. Uh, seventeen awesome movies that Star Wars inspired. I was perusing that because I, mean, I, I was I, just listening to all your conversations. There you go. I, I was interested in in the actual casting, how Mark Hamill, a complete unknown, wound mm-hmm. up as the lead. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I had that trivia. She has something. And, and I, I saw that William Cat was originally... 
Oh, the greatest American hero, William Cat. Wow. Yeah, he wound up uh, being the male lead in Carrie. Okay. Instead, he, oh. he chose Carrie. Mm-hmm. So and and uh, George Lucas liked Mark Hamill's reading of the, the during the audition because mm-hmm. it was just earnest. They have a very similar look, though the blondish yeah, hair, the, the yeah. youthful face. Yeah, and both I could see, I could see almost see William Cat playing it. it I, I read that uh, Mark Hamill didn't like you said he didn't know what. He was, uh, he was saying, yeah, like the words in it. So he just read it earnestly, uh huh, <laughs> and, and, and it worked. worked. Yeah, and it worked. Oh, where is that? Somewhere, somewhere over, over the rainbow. Wrong movie. And I like Harrison Ford's casting because Harrison Ford was in American Graffiti, and he right. wasn't. Uh, Robert Englund had auditioned for the role of Luke Skywalker, but was turned down. Freddy Krueger. He, he's then suggested to his roommate Mark Hamill that he should try for the part. That's wow. amazing. Yeah, Freddie Cooper Freddy, and I'm like, I knew I saw roommates. it. Go figure I that did, one out. That was wow, why I had There you go. There's some trivia. And that's then, awesome. then I did um, not know that Harrison Ford was not supposed to be. Yeah, he was just there reading lines to yeah, help out. George, right. Lu- he was a friend of George Lucas's yeah. from American Graffiti. It says um, at one point George Lucas had planned the character of Han Solo to be a huge green-skinned monster with no nose and gills. <laughs> he then changed the idea of Han Solo to a black human. He auditioned several black actors and musicians, including Billy D. Williams, until finally settling on Glenn Turman. But after this, he decided to make the role white. Kurt Russell, Nick Nolte, Christopher Walken, Jack Nicholson, Jesus. Al Pacino, Chevy Chase, Steve Martin, I, uh, Bill I, I Murray. I don't want to use the fuss yet. Yeah. All right, come on. Robert Englund, <laughs> Sylvester Stallone, John Travolta, James Woods, and Perry King were all candidates for the role of Han Solo. That's wow. A, when I saw the Chevy Chase and Steve Martin wow. on the list, that would... like, well, excuse <laughs> me. He wanted to stay away from any I actors he, see him do that he had previously used in his movies. James Caan, Jack Nicholson, Robert De Niro, and Burt Reynolds all turned down the role. Wow. Harrison Ford, who had played Bob Falfa in Lucas's American Graffiti, read the part of Han Solo for screen tests for the other characters, but wasn't originally considered for the part. During these tests, Lucas realized Ford was perfect for the role. Mm-hmm. Because Bob Falfa was a cocky drag racer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I remember so that. So that was basically like an Earth version of Han Solo. Yeah. And, and a pedophile. But, you know, hey, we, we look past cool. that these days. Cause so, yeah. There, there was always this conversation in American Graffiti about how uh, Harrison Ford's character had that girl with him all the time. And, and no, that was uh, Paul Lamatt. Oh, okay. I had that mistaken. Uh, and Mackenzie Phillips was the little girl. Oh, right. My God, you know how long oh, it's been since I've yeah. seen American Graffiti? Yeah. It's got to be like 40 John, years. John, I was only one when it came out. John, and I forget John's last name, but he, uh, I forget why he picked up Mackenzie Phillips, mm-hmm. <laughs> but he did wind up cruising with her all night long. That's amazing. Jeez. Okay, so I take that back. I'm yeah. sorry. I had no, a mistake. I made a Bob mistake. Bob Felfa was cocky drag racer. That so Han Solo was a cocky drag racer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> basically, yeah. Well, he can make the uh, Kessel run in less than twelve, 12 parsecs. parsecs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. Okay. I'm glad they finally sort of explained that when the Solo movie came out. Yes. <laughs> Badly, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but at least they tried. They, they did. They gave it a shot. Mm-hmm. So all right. Um, where do you want to go? Crazy. Wait, there. There. We've been there a long time. I mean, there's, it's, I think that's the thing is if, if I wonder what the conversation would be like if this was a one-off movie from 40 years ago 
And we're a bunch of nerds just chatting about it in the dining room after like a couple of successful comic book movies that we liked and whatnot. And, you know, yeah, okay, we went to a Star Trek convention. Let's talk about this little one-off hit from uh, from 40 years ago, Star Wars. How what, what we thought of that? Well, I, I sort of was. By the time I went to Star Trek convention, Star Wars was a hit. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the questions I, I keep asking myself are, or things I think about, the movie would have been in today's thinking, at least three hours long because they want, they would have wanted to give Luke more of a backstory. How did right. he become such a good pilot? Right. How did he go right. from being a farm boy to... Mm. It, actually, my question is how long and like our time did it take from uh, C-3PO and I, from the droid market to the Death Star getting blown up? One oh. week. One week. And why did it take so long for the Death Star to to get around the, the the moon there or whatever, so they could get a shot? When they when they got there, like instantly into you know, orbital mechanics. It, yeah, it's a the, thing. The, there's some know. astrophysics. There's some plot armor there. There's, <laughs> there's, there's got to be because I just yeah. like, I'm like, okay, they got from the Death Star to the planet and they plan all this stuff out, and the Death Star suddenly to be... it, it is in space but it takes forever to get you know they're like it's like a day it's like less than a, like hours mm-hmm. they get to the planet but then the death star takes like forever to get around mm-hmm. and why into the correct why did they just for... like jump into the right place <laughs> i just saw a cartoon about that the other day you know where, where it was funny the the guy's like okay we'll we'll be in position in a half an hour and vader mm-hmm. just looks at the guy and goes really we have a hyper we have a hyperspeed engine fix that now all right, we're in range. Mm-hmm. And the, the, everybody's in the, they're in the briefing room. They all look up and they're like, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Roll credits. And, and the Rebels only sent 30 ships against the Death Star? Yeah. 30, yeah. 30 single-person per- fighters? 30, 30 fighters versus the Death Star. <laughs> that, this big honking thing, yeah. yeah. It, a moon size. And they well, explain Luke being a pilot just when he runs into his old friend. Hey, yeah. Luke was the best pilot in the blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but yeah. when did he become a pilot? His uncle wouldn't let him leave the farm. Well, they, they do. They See, back in the 70s, you could do throwaway lines to establish backstory. Yeah. Nowadays, we have nitpickers galore, so they yep. want to know the details. You know, they're, they're Such gonna... as you. You want to know. No, I, actually, <laughs> I'm kind of happy not knowing. But... Yeah. Well, there's a lot of layers to that. Like, yeah. you know, when, for instance, they set up with, with Ray in the sequel series. You know, she talks about, well, this and this and this. There's these throwaway lines, and there's several of them basically inferring that she has certain skill sets, that she's been taught certain things. And people are like, how does she know how to fly so well? How does she know how to deal with the Falcon? So-? Because she's been around the freaking thing. Mm-hmm. You know, she even establishes that in a couple of lines. Mm-hmm. So Luke, you know, when they're, when Han Solo says the price, he goes, geez, we can only get our own ship for that. Well, who's going to fly it? I can fly it. I'm not that bad a pilot. I can fly. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. right there, there's a throwaway line mm-hmm. basically saying, no, screw you. I got yeah. this. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, it's but we we want more now. We are so used to three hour spectacles in our geek films that and and we we armchair quarterback them to death. That's why we have a podcast because we armchair quarterback everything we see, you know, and and so because of that, the throwaway lines don't work for us anymore. Now, I agree with you that if A New Hope was filmed today, it would be vastly different. It would be longer. There'd be a lot more exposition. It'd be darker. It'd be darker, edgier, right? It wouldn't have a PG rating. It would not have a well PG thirteen probably. Yeah, maybe could they you have know. started a series on like episode four? No, it would. They I mean, would, would would someone try to do that today? Like start in the middle and then try to go back later? I mean, but did, do you think that they really planned on? I mean, Lucas in his head may have, mm-hmm. but they also created a movie that stands by itself, right? 
completely. Yeah. You don't need... No, they may have just said episode four is... For fun, right? This you was know? supposed to be a standalone yeah. movie. Yeah, it's when they, in, in mean, the original opening crawl it? did not have episode four listed on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. who would have predicted it was it would be a hit? Yeah, could have mm-hmm. just been another summer movie that I have seen several older interviews of Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill, like after the first and the second movies uh, were ri- were done and in the canon and broadcast at this point, where they were talking about Lucas's plans. And both of them were very happy to announce that the third movie was underway and it was already titled Revenge Revenge of the the Jedi Jedi, as opposed to Return Return of the Jedi. And and Mark Hamill goes on to talk about, yeah, and George's got all these great ideas for another series of movies after that. And, you know, and going back and looking at the the series, you know, at, at the... The galaxy before the Empire takes over and stuff like, and he's just listing. And this was all like 1983, 84, mm-hmm. you know, before. Oh no, you can't talk about stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, we got to surprise people, you know. So they were just talking openly. Oh yeah, these are all of his ideas. So those thoughts did exist. They were out there, um, you know. And but yeah, starting in the middle of the the story. Mm-hmm. I don't think you could pull that off these days because too many people would be like, "Well, how did we get here?" Well, isn't Marvel kind of doing that? Starting they, there and yeah, then went I guess back. They are kind of doing some of with them, the different the origin stories, the origin stories, and, mm-hmm. and going back. Yeah, the characters are no longer alive anymore, and they're still. You know, yeah, I know they're still in movies. That harkens back to Chris's question: Does that stuff happen without Star Wars? Though that's no, I was about to ask that question too. Mm-hmm. I was about to ask that and remi- as a reminder. Um, no, I don't yeah. think so because. Not a single franchise out there, not in horror, fantasy, or anything, ever looked backwards until after the prequel trilogy came out. When you see Phantom Menace hit the, hit the series, then now you're starting to talk about throwback movies. Everybody's got a throwback movie. Everybody's got a before this happened, you'll see this. All of a sudden, it became the thing. I don't see any of it before then. The only example I can think of, and it was almost just to save money, mm-hmm. in the original Star Trek series, they used some of the footage from the original pilot yeah, uh, yeah. with uh, Jeffrey Hunter. Right. And what, The Cage, the right. two-part episode? The Cage where, and the Menagerie. Yeah, The Menagerie, that's what it was, mm-hmm. uh, where Pike was on trial, so they had um, the footage from the original uh, pilot with yeah. him. Spock and was Spock, on trial. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he did this to save his captain. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. Um, but that was not so much an intentional let's do a prequel kind of a thing. That was an intentional no. let's save some save money, money you know, on production by doing this little like clip show kind we've, of a thing. We've already got the footage. Let's right. use it. Let's use it. Yeah. Jeffrey Hunter. I think Jeffrey Hunter was even alive when they wrote that. Or no, he was. Mm-hmm. He died like only a couple of years after the original series. Did but he? He, he did not want to come yeah. by to reprise mm-hmm. Pike for a cameo. Mm-hmm. So that's why they had somebody in the in the. That's why they had him in this disfigured. Oh, makeup. the disfigured, yeah. The disfigured makeup mm-hmm. in the wheelchair was because it was an entirely different actor, mm-hmm. and they didn't have a way to really kind of gloss yeah. that over mm-hmm. because recasting a similar part only happened in soap operas. Yeah, and and then is uh, George McFly in Back to the yeah. Future yeah. too? Yep. Yeah, <laughs> and things. Yeah, Jennifer also getting recast and yeah. recasting oh, yeah. the girlfriend. Yeah. So. This, I mean, you know, that's the thing. This, I, I think we owe a lot to this one movie, you know, for nerd culture, for geek culture, for global consciousness of sci-fi fantasy and all of the things that come with it. I don't know if it's the whole ball game to just this particular movie, but uh, the bulk of it, it, you know. It started it. It started a lot of it, like 95% It opened up a of lot it. of people's eyes to what could be done. Or- <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I don't want to demean everything that came before it. 
you know, uh, you know, Star Trek, the original series mm-hmm. opened a very large mm-hmm. door, you know, for diversity and for space. 1999 Space 1999 did its own thing. But space 1999 came in after. Wasn't it? Oh, no, no, really? no. I'm sorry. I, we did talk about this when we did the 99 episode. It was 73, 75. That's what so I, it was before yeah. Star Wars kicked in. Mm-hmm. I, I, but uh, but think of all the movies. Silent Running, uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the movies that came before that, they were opening the door. Star Wars kind of grabbed the door and ripped it right off the hinges and, and said, that's it. This door is never closing again. Yeah. It was the movie that took the next step. Mm-hmm. And the other one's... Kind of stick to, stuck to the formula that was working at the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, and we all have our, our moments where we think about being in that galaxy far, far away, which, by the way, is the Andromeda galaxy. That's been proven at this point. Thank you very much. So <laughs> Proven? They got pictures? It's been proven. Um, well, you know, we, we talked about this a while. I, a few weeks ago, I remember bringing this up, but I saw somebody, they had a TikTok where they did the whole logic of it. Because and it all stems from the fact that in Phantom Menace in the Senate seat, you see one of the Senate pods are a bunch of ETs from the ET movie, right? Oh right, yeah. Okay, yep, yep, so yep, now yep. we've established that ET that's is right, in the Star Wars universe. Did, okay, and somebody else turned around and went to the ET movie and did all sorts of back tracing and and and, and uh, figuring out how ET was pointing at. A galaxy far, far away, but it was. They figured it was kind of like ET's home is the Andromeda Galaxy. All right, so the Andromeda Galaxy is the Star Wars Galaxy. <laughs> Thank you, ET. Thank you, ET. ET is the whole crux of that particular logic bomb right there. So, okay, yeah, great. It's a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Well, far, far away is still thousands of light years away. So, yeah, that's that, far. That's far enough. Yeah, <laughs> we'll our, never, we'll never get there in our so, lifetime. So, yes, the Andromeda Galaxy is where Star Wars takes place. Okay, there we go. That's a, that's a thing. You Thanks, look, ET. You can look that up. That's that's out there. It's not, and it's not. I'm not even boasting that because I didn't even come. I thought that was clever as hell. Mm-hmm. I did not come up with that. Somebody else did who did some some serious thinking on that, and I give them praise for that. It's funny when they put those other things in other movies, you know, kind of like little Easter eggs and other Easter movies. eggs, and then they all suddenly start linking and up hidden gems, like R2, yeah. R2 being in Indiana Jones, R2 and C3PO. Yeah, yeah R2 and, uh, and C3PO were in, in uh, Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Really? There's a hieroglyphic right over Indy's shoulder carved in the wall as he and Sala are lifting the, the Ark out of its tomb. And if it, it, it's so fast and uh-huh. so faint, you can barely see it. But there are pictures online. Somebody, one of the set directors, carved in C-3PO and R2-D2 into one awesome. of the hieroglyphics behind Indy. Mm-hmm. That's probably got to be one of the earliest times they've done that. Yeah, that's probably you know, one of the earliest Easter eggs. Yeah, because I mean, now it's a lot more common. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know of any before that, really. I, I can't think which, of Maybe some video game ones. Maybe Which proves the timeline of... Uh, for uh, a long time ago, yes. Now, if, if if they're in hieroglyphics, I know I've I've mentioned this before. I know I've mentioned this before. We all talked about this. this was a few weeks ago. I think I'm pretty sure of it. But Harrison Ford is playing Indiana Jones again. If they age up Indiana Jones appropriately, Indiana Jones was born in 1899 the character. Mm-hmm. And so he would be age appropriate to be in the 70s. So what if one of the first scenes of Indiana Jones 5 is Indy walking out of the Star Wars movie theater? <laughs> After having watched Star yep. Wars. <laughs> and I can just imagine Harrison Ford being like, well, what was that crap? <laughs> <You know? laughs> that, that would be kind of a funny little... That would be a great Easter egg. It would be. Somewhere, in, like I said, I was looking at the Wikipedia for Star Wars yesterday, and mm-hmm. I wish I could remember what it was now, but there's a reference to, you know, the dog's name was Indiana. Yeah. And there's a Star Wars, like there's a tie-in 
to Star Wars in that. Well, Chewbacca, Chewbacca was was mm-hmm. designed after George Lucas's dog. dog. He had that trusty furry companion, yes, that's and that's what, what stemmed from Chewbacca. You know, and, and obviously Chewie is a much, much larger than a, than a husky, but you know. Um, you know, but yeah, there's, there's tie-ins all over the place, especially mm-hmm. when you get Steven Spielberg and George Lucas in the same room. Mm-hmm. You know, these two guys when they're together, it's it's entertaining. Did you see um, Peter Mayhew? Uh, George Lucas gave Peter Mayhew the choice of which role he wanted to play mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. after meeting him. Because yeah, he's seven feet. Do you mm-hmm. want to be Darth Vader or, or do you Chewbacca? Want to be he took Chewbacca because he wanted to be a good guy. There you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. And David Prowse wanted to be a bad guy, so well, it worked therefore out perfectly. he got Darth Vader. You know? and, and, and it's easier to remember the lines for Chewbacca. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I saw that they hired James Earl Jones for the voice mm-hmm. over Orson Welles yeah. because people didn't know James, James Earl Jones. Jones's voice at, at that, that point. point. Right. Wow. Now everybody, the whole world knows it and yeah. always will. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. That voice, that is just, I can't even get there. That's and, just, and a lot of people didn't know that they a, did this voice differently until the movie came out. Yeah, David Prowse was in the, the auditorium for the opening night. And as soon as Darth Vader started speaking, he's like, I tilted my head and thought to myself, what the hell? <laughs> but that's common in Hollywood for things yeah. like that to happen. Yeah, after. it does. Yeah, unfortunately. Fortunately or unfortunately, I don't know. But, but yeah. Oh, it's funny. It says, in the early drafts of the script, R2-D2 could speak standard English, but he had a rather foul vocabulary. So he beeped so, everything out. So although R2's English speech was removed, many of C-3PO's reactions to it were left in. That's funny. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I did read maybe a year ago or longer. I forget, one of them died, what, a year ago? Kenny Baker yeah. or yeah, Anthony Kenny- Daniels? And Anthony Daniels. Anthony still alive, Daniels yeah. and Kenny Baker didn't like each other. No, at all. Oh, they were like completely different people, and they just they didn't get along. Oh, so wow. the bickering was real. Yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Well, I and, never knew that detail. And, and it's funny because right here it says Kenny Baker has said that often when the cast and crew broke for lunch, they would forget that he was in the R two D two outfit and leave him behind. Oh jeez. Oh that poor guy. Poor, poor Kenny. <laughs> They'd forget he was in there. That's amazing. Yeah. How many movies have characters that don't speak a word of any recognizable language? You know, like main, more main characters. Like, you know, Chewbacca and R2-D2 are, are yeah. main characters, basically. I can't think of any. And, and I really can't. I mean, you got, you know, Klingons in Star Trek, but usually they're translations, and there is yeah. a language there kind of thing right. versus just growls and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it, who would have thought to do that? Yeah. I mean, think of all the Benji movies, I suppose, back yeah. in the day. Lassie. But there was there Lassie. was even the one where Chevy Chase did Ben Oh Heavenly Dog, oh, an right. absolutely terrible movie. Oh yes. Where <laughs> Chevy Chase dies and winds up in the body of Benji. Yeah. So you hear Chevy's thoughts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. That was, no, I can't think of anything. That's just kind of a bizarre thing too. That yeah, it, but to but like about. we talked about it, the, the early part of the conversation. You couldn't understand what they were saying, but you knew what they were saying. Right, because of you the get, other side. Yeah, yeah, because the other side, because of the inflection, the emotion, the, the body language. There was language. no subtitles that said what it was. It's yeah. just more of you You were able to know what they were. Somebody put subtitles one time on one of the scenes where 3PO and R2 were having an argument, but they were definitely very off color. It was, it was very like somebody put their own interpretation on it. I was crying. I was laughing so hard. Oh, my God. I can't repeat any of it. Okay, I mean, I know we're guilty of the occasional, uh, you know, four-letter word in this particular podcast, but it went above and beyond to socially unacceptable language. And I'm like, oh, my God. And that is why R2 is all beeps. Yep, he's all beeps because he was so foul they had to beep out every damn thing he said. And it's funny because it was said that the um, 
to keep it a PG rating, they can only like say hell and damn. Mm-hmm. And then our twos were all beeped out. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So we can talk about this movie for hours, but I think what we should do is just table it and then we'll come back next week and we'll talk about Empire Strikes Back and just we'll, uh, we'll do the series. But so go ahead, Tanya. There, there's just an odd thing and I don't know if it goes into the next movies or out. whatever, but it says the Chewbacca suit retained a bad smell for the duration of the filming after the trash compactor scene. So if that was filmed early on, mm-hmm. I, depending on when it was filmed, uh-huh. then... Oh, I can't imagine. Oh, I can't imagine either. If it happened through the next two movies, or did they actually get it like professional? I would like cleaned? to know what you know, especially because you and I, Dan, we watch TikTok a lot, and we both follow that guy. Props, Props to history. history. Yeah, I, I would send him a message and see if we can find out whatever happened to the original Chewbacca suit, if it yeah. still exists somewhere. That'd be that'd be nice. I'm yeah. gonna send him that this afternoon. I'll send him that. And that speaking message. of the trash compactor scene, yeah. did they imply? I, I got the feeling they implied that they managed to shower after getting out of the. It f- felt Trend. like they just kind of brushed it over. Because like, they all wound up really... clean, and one of them was like using a towel. And yeah. Where'd they find that? Uh, they found the towel. Sho- they found the shower on. It, in case, <laughs> took, there's, took, there's took a little closet. Shower, there's yeah. a little closet right outside the trash compactor yeah. saying, in case of being trapped in here. <laughs> shower. Shower. Quick shower here. Yeah. Emergency shower. You get, you get the emergency eye washes in, in places. You get emergency yes. shower. So, yes. There you, you go. Know. Um, another tri- piece of trivia about the trash compactor scene is Mark Hamill held his breath for so long during that scene that he broke a blood vessel in his face. So subsequent shots are shot from one side only. Oh, jeez. Oh, that was poor under- guy has dealt with so much damage to his face over oh, I know, no kidding. years. How about the origin of I've got a bad feeling about this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we were joking. How that became the line through every movie is funny. Because the first line was I've got a very bad feeling about this. Uh-huh. Wasn't that always- Luke? Yeah, Luke yeah. says it first. Yeah, and that is just it, it. Just but it's came stuck, out from and there. Now it's been in every movie since then. I got a bad feeling Feeling about this. this to the point where when we were watching Rise of Skywalker in the theaters, the moment it it got said, everybody in the auditorium went nuts. <laughs> I got a bad feeling about this. Yeah, it's it's become like the iconic line. It's right up there with "May the Force be with you." Handle, was so it in the you. off movies? It wasn't. Was it in like Rogue One or Solo? Solo? I. I think it's in Solo. I don't remember about Rogue One, so I'm gonna have to. We're, we're gonna have to watch Research. Rogue One again. Yeah, yeah. Research, Research it. But, but I, I don't know. I think they're definitely in all nine of the saga movies. Yes, because I think they had to after. Uh, yeah, it's also popped up a couple of times in um, Clone Wars and Rebels, the animated series. Okay, it popped up a couple of times. Did anyone else catch? Because when I was rewatching it the other night with Chris, mm-hmm. um, that when C3PO was first on Tatooine with Luke. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, you, you've seen some battles. And it's like, oh, the stories I could tell, but I'm not a storyteller. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then two but movies later. Return of the Jedi. Return he's of the, the one Jedi. The he's the one that's telling stories in the Ewok village. Yeah. That he was like completely mm-hmm. switched around from well, he, characters. He evolves. You know, it's been, mm-hmm. it's, you know. Everybody evolves in that's their right, own way. You know. Even but, Vader. <laughs> that's right. You know. The only person he who devolved and evolved again. The, yeah. the only person who doesn't evolve from the first movie to the Return of the Jedi movie is Tarkin. There's a strange silence in the room right now. <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> there it is. Sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> it's probably best for the best. So let's take a quick break. I think that's good. And, you know, I hope the conversation's spurring with you at home. You know, and feel free to talk to us about your thoughts about this great movie. And um, you know, and, and we'll we'll keep the conversation going. And we're looking forward to uh, being involved in this kind of thing for a long time to come. 
So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. are back ladies and gentlemen boys and girls dudes and dudettes um that was fun i like that yes focus on good. one thing we we kind of we we sidetracked a little bit here and there but, but that's that's normal yeah that's but, normal but we had some good conversation i though. think we would actually it. be in physical pain if we if we didn't sidetrack right a little bit we got to keep healthy here yes so <laughs> with that being said guess what kids we're not changing this part of the format today like every other day, it is now time for the question, question of the week. Week, week, week. Put my own little reverb in there. <laughs> oh, boy. Dan, what do you got for us? You had one lined up, so we were actually prepared for it. What's the funniest thing you've seen a kid do? You know, I was prepared for this, mm-hmm. and I still could not come up with something, uh, the funniest thing. Can I just point out, you're a parent of two. I know. And you're a school teacher, so you've seen several I kids know. over the years. But, but like, None of them have made you laugh. No, ever. Which just proves my point. Well, actually, Billy, kids wreck everything. The laugh, the laugh has been like, ha, 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 I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> you humorless children, no. get out of my life. <laughs> Um. No, I mean my kids do th- funny things all the time, but I really can't pinpoint something that made me like. Go. All right, I'll I'll tell a story. Okay, make me made me, and I'll it might think- inspire you to think of something else. Yes. Okay, so common knowledge: my parents have been split since I was about twenty nine. So I'm almost twenty. You know, yeah, twenty years now. Twenty one years. These two have been together. Have not been together. And it's not always been a pleasant experience. They did. They did not split quietly. <laughs> <laughs> my 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 dad is very it is what it is okay uh you know he tries to he never really tries to bring it up all that much it's just, it's just something that happened my mother however can hold a grudge and so but here's the thing they both set it aside when there was a family gathering but there were days now i fa- I, I rewind the clock back to about 8 years ago ian was 10 and we were at our our house on burr street and um it was a birthday and my dad was already at the house, and he was in the kitchen talking to my uh, then father-in-law. And the two of them were just shooting the shit and relaxing. And you know the party was brewing; people were coming in and going, coming in and going. Ian and I were standing in the archway between the living room and the dining room, much like I have at this house here. And the front door opens, and my mother walks in. Now I had ex- I'd been expecting this. I'd been you know I knew that my parents were going to be in the same house at the same time, but my son was not aware that this was going to be transpiring, that his two paternal grandparents would be in the same place at the same time. And he knew that this was always going to be dicey and sketchy at best. So taken by surprise by my mother's entry, he looks up and goes, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) And he was in earnest. He was surprised. And it was was the first thing off top. (laughs) And I I just, I had to choke. Ian, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And... It was perfectly amiable. The two make, later that day, the two of them were actually even in the kitchen chatting with each other and, and trading stories with, with people around them. So I thought that was very nice and that was very good. But I'll tell you, Ian's reaction was perfect. And I'll tell you another one just to help out. This is, whenever, this is the one I tell my kids whenever the two of them are or with each other because there are times where they just can't stand being around each other. But I try to remind them that they've, they've been friends and that they're family and that they always get along. 
Um, we were they were very small, both single digits, and I took them to the play place at the Rondequite Mall mm-hmm. before it became the Medley Center, before it became the Museum of Mold. Now it's something else. Um, <laughs> Museum of Mold. And, and then, so anyway, but they had that big padded play place in mm-hmm. one of the, the yep. junctions. And, of course, as usual, they were always splitting the, def- the distances, you know, d- defenses, so one's always one for the other. I couldn't keep track of them. Well, at one point, I turn, and I see Ian at the other end, and I see this, this little heavyset kid just, all of a sudden, from behind, just clotheslines Ian, sends him to the floor. And if, I couldn't see no reason. Ian was just playing quietly, just enjoying himself. He's talking to this one kid, and all of a sudden, this little thunderball just comes up and runs him over. So I set the kid down. I said, wait, whoa, whoa, why'd you do that to my son for? And the mother comes over, why are you costing my kid? I told mm-hmm. him, this is what I saw. And, and the mother, apparently aware that her son is a bit of a bully, scolds the kid, <laughs> sided with me. Okay, cool, I'm considering case closed. Mom and, mom and I are on the same side? Okay, great. So about a half an hour later, I'm getting ready. I'm looking for them. I'm gonna, we're going to wrap this up, and I'm going to take them home. And I see Ian, again, the other end of the freaking play place from where I am. And out of the blue, here comes the same kid. He's got the arm bar out. He's lining Ian up for a, for a, a clothesline. Line. Ian does not see it because he's clueless. He was five, six years old, tops. Seven, maybe, on the outside. Um, and, 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 and just does not see it coming. And it's loud. And I'm yelling, Ian, Ian. And he can't hear me over the shouting and the music and the singing because it's this active mall and everything. And they just, this couldn't have been scripted better by George Lucas. Okay. Just as the kid's about to, to flatten my son, out of nowhere comes Juliana. She is airborne. She is off the ground. The brunette tornado. She is stretched out like Superman. And she levels this kid. Just takes him completely out. I mean, it was, the, it was a picture-perfect Jet Li flying tackle. I mean, it was all... Bam! And by the, I'm like, oh, I like the eyes go wide. I'm like, holy crap! And I go running down there, right? And by the time I get there, she's standing over him like Ali over listed with that arm, like ah. And she's, and she's like, you stay away from my brother. And you're like, Oops. and and I looked over at the mom because the, the kid's mom shows up at the same time, and she's like, he earned it, <laughs> right? And I'm, well, at least and, the mom knew, you know. And I had to literally, she, I, I, she was wearing overalls like those the, sh- the short overalls, like leader hose almost kind of thing. So I grabbed. I had to like carry her away like luggage because she wanted to kill this kid for hurting her brother. And meanwhile, because the kid had not made contact the second time around, Ian's like, oh, Ian is just, da, 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 da. I am okay. What's going on? Uh, hey, that looks cool. <laughs> I then took them both out for ice cream. Uh, so, but yes, those are funny stories that involve my kids. There are many. My my kids have such a great sense of humor. Both of them. Mm-hmm. One. Ian likes to be intentionally funny. He likes to look for the funny thing to say mm-hmm. to break tensions in the room. Jules just says weird things that she doesn't realize she's saying it until it's way too late, and then that's funny. So, but yes, I, those are those are stories I can share. Josh is the Joker in my family. He's the he's the one who always does the silly things. He's mm-hmm. um, he doesn't like to smile for camera, so he'll make funny faces for cameras. Uh-huh. You know, he just he's always doing bizarre things. I, I don't know. I can't think of a single. Thing I can share at this moment, but right. it's but he's the the one who always makes me laugh and like oh my gosh what are you doing kind of thing. <laughs> he he is you know it's so funny too because he's so basically shy around me. He, he doesn't know what to make he of me half the time. Pretends to be shy. Yes, people. he 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 does it comically so. He he does it on purpose. I don't know if he's I, I don't know if he's really shy or if he's just it's just okay. This is how I'm going to act right now, and then give me five minutes, and mm-hmm. you know I'm going to. 
you know, do whatever kind of thing. But he always does that initially to people. Mm-hmm. And even when, you know, relatives and things like that, you know, his, his uncle Jeff, who he loves, he'll do that. He'll go hide and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. It's just part of his game. He's games. kind of gauging the, the reaction. It's part, it's of like... his, part of his game. He always yeah. wants to, he's always playing games. He always got, he's always got something going on in his, his head there. I mean, Zach is so quiet and laid back and Josh is so opposite. Yeah. You know, but they get along well. That's I mean, good. They, they, it's all matters. They, I mean, they don't. I mean, Zach. It's you know, they, they have their moments. Of course, every sibling does. But, I wouldn't you know. know. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. We, we've had our moments. Yes, we have. <laughs> yes, we have. We so have had that's, our moments. I still don't know. We have our moments. I remember the first time you and I argued over FC three, and Deanna looked at me because I didn't know the two of you could argue. <laughs> <laughs> That's been a lot of our arguments over FC. That's That's not all of our arguments have been over FC three. <laughs> yes. How about you, Billy? Have you ever experienced something? Uh, it's the first thing that came into my head was something that it wasn't necessarily funny. That my I, I had a, a a young nephew. He was maybe three or four. Mm-hmm. I was maybe in my early teens at the time, mm-hmm. but I still remember my family having an outdoor picnic, and there was a. a a garden hose that was hooked up to the side of the house. like, And my nephew, it, it picked up the hose and was like looking at it. So I forget who it was. Maybe my brother <laughs> turned it on so it sprayed him in the face. The classic. <laughs> the classic. And, the classic. and, the you know, and he started crying. It's still funny. Yeah. <laughs> but he set it down and went running, running away. Uh-huh. And then every once in a while, he'd look at it and he'd get just enough of a false sense of, like, okay, it's off this time. Yeah. Like every third time you'd turn it on <laughs> and still surprise him like knock him down and make him cry oh, but okay. so i guess a crying child is, um, <laughs> it's funny. It is funny. my, my brother hurt yes. yeah my brother has a saying no because neither he my brother tom uh my oldest brother and myself we don't have kids my sister has a couple my other brother has a couple but me and tom don't and tom's saying and i repeat it often is the uh, the sound of of a laughing child is like a dagger in my heart. Oh, <laughs> so, but the, I I still always remember. My, uh, hey. oh, Whoa! Oh, That's actually the funniest thing I've seen a kid do. <laughs> Barking. Surprisingly, at his, that at his was his sister. That is, per, that is no, person. There, it, yeah. It's Juliana. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Julie Bug. <laughs> See, see you, if you disappear for two days, then um, Juno doesn't, Juno know doesn't you. recognize you anymore. Here, come say hi to everybody. Hi, everybody. No, no, come here. Come here. Say hi to everybody. Right here. Just say hi, everybody. Oh, you're going to do that, right? Here. Look, look, look. Come here. Come here. Come here. Okay. Say hi, everybody. Hi, everybody. There you go. See, in a way, we can actually hear you. We you heard that you were voice. a superhero when you were about six. Eight. Eight. About eight or nine at the time. Yes. I was telling them about the, the time that at the, the play place when you uh, tackled that kid who was attacking your brother. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fond memories. She's right? like, I when, when do you it still now. liked your brother. Yeah. Would you do it today? I no. wish I'd let the kid tackle. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he is Ian, Ian is twice, you are, yeah, twice yeah. the size little, of Jules. That if somebody bit. tried to attack Ian, I'd feel really a great swell of pity for that person <laughs> who tried to take on Ian. We have to find that original kid. Yeah, I know. Seriously, they have a reunion. That would be great. Wouldn't it be great if the like, kid never grew past like 5'6", five, 5'7", five, tops. So here's Ian at 6'4". <laughs> Remember when you clotheslined me? I don't. <laughs> Mo- Molly's running around loose at the moment. Okay. Okay, sounds good. Good luck. Love you. 
See, it's so good to be together again. That's right. <laughs> All of a sudden, chaos ensues. Yeah, <laughs> chaos ensues because we're home. That's cameo right. appearance. By, uh, cameo mm-hmm. appearance by Juliana Frank. How about you? Did you come up with a story yet? Um, I can let you off the hook. Yeah, let me off the hook. I mean, my kids do funny things all the time, but I can't come up with any. I just want to say that the super the, the, the story guy with like no that. kids. I know had a great story compared to the person who's around hundreds of kids all the time. Uh, I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, I know. There's a little. There's a little bit of picking going on there. It's yeah. fun though. I remember on TikTok but we do they've had a lot of the people with the lightsabers and well, what does this do looking into it oh yeah I've it. seen that yeah when you said the hose it kind yeah. of brought, yeah. the, brought that yeah. up you know they, oh. and you just see the friends uh, you know at home if you like what we're doing please go out to our patreon.com fc3roc and support us please we would love to have your backing and your help um, our patreon sur- uh, supporters have helped us kind of have some of the, the tech that we have today and, and some of the things that we do on stream yards for nerd world news and we appreciate you uh, and so we F- love you. We do, and all and our entire online existence is can be found on our link tree. That's linktr.ee backslash mighty monkey. Everything we are is on that list, and uh, we would love to have you t- share and expand and send it off. And if you like what we're doing, introduce it to other people. That would be fantastic, and we would entertain them hopefully just as well as we entertain you uh so and if you're listening to this on a podcast service make sure you give us some good ratings yeah, absolutely give us the five stars let us know what we're doing you know if you don't like what we're doing then let us know that too and we will work on it you know these you know this we try to be as interactive as possible and, and accessible easy mm-hmm. to be uh easy to be found easy to be chatted with hey there you are hello i, look at you. You. I see, saw you you are pretty easy, easy to find, it is yeah, easy to find especially when you're sitting right next to me yes so, uh, you know, like I said, just keep pushing the signal out and, and letting folks know that we're here and doing this thing for now 195 episodes, eight episodes of Dan and Chris Save the World, um, countless episodes of Comic Chicks yes. at this point. Which we have another one this week. I know. Mm-hmm. Dozens, uh, hundreds of, of Nerd World Newses and dozens of, of uh, Gamer Street Irregulars. And, and we, we're out there. <laughs> we're really yeah, out we there. Got, we got the Gamer Street Irregulars. We got the... Penny and James, kind of, sort of. Funny, funny cartoon. Funny, I, I can't even see the title. The podcast so title is longer than the podcast. I know, I can't even read the, the title so long. They have uh, there's five episodes of that. Mm-hmm. And there's 24 episodes of Gaming Street Irregulars. Mm-hmm. So we're getting up we, there. We have one episode or two episodes of, of the FC3 Gaming Headquarters. Yep, we yes. now have our first episode of... Uh, of the game is that we're going to call it the gaming headquarters? <laughs> that's that's what I at least did it on Streamyard. It was the was FC3 some, gaming headquarters. I was trying to think of something fancy to call it, like Adventure Scouts or something. Yeah, like that. so think silly. It, it, it's 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 working work in ti- progress. Yeah, working title. Mm-hmm. Work in progress. And we've had what four or five conventions. What are we? Yes, four of them. Four, four, and we're four working on our fifth this September. Coming up. So. FC3 six six. The search, search for FC5. Five. Yes, <laughs> I love that title. <laughs> <laughs> Because it was supposed to be 2020, and now we're 2021, and it, yeah. yeah. It almost going to be 2022 if something falls through. So. Oh, yeah, it's no. looking better every day. So Good. I'm glad to hear it. It's going so, in the right direction. The we're future's nice. so bright. we got to wear, wear shades. shades. Or at least lenses that have transitions in them like I do. Yeah. <laughs> Fancy. So, so with that, um, is, this is the moment where I get to look over to my right, and I get to say, hey, Dan. Hey, Chris. Hey, Dan. Hey, Chris. <laughs> Hit it. Because this has been FC3's Mighty Monkey Monkey Business, your one-stop shop for everything geeky, and everything can be geeky if you love it enough. Produced by the Mighty Monkey Corporation, purveyors and producers of the Flower City City Comic Con. Coming at you September 25th and 26th at the Total Sports Experience in Gates. Like us on Facebook 
Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us wherever we go. And we will lead you to where the entertainment is. You guys have a great week. Have a safe week. And we will talk to you again next week. Dump, dump. Dump.